If I've surveyed everyone in America, budgeting would likely be the least favored item in the personal finance category. So today I'm going to explain a method I like to use and most of my clients use as well called pay yourself first. This is a method that feels least restrictive, less tedious, and will help you reach your goals faster. Welcome to the Retire Early, Retire Now podcast. This is your host, Hunter Kelly. I'm the owner of Palm Valley Wealth Management, and I've been a financial advisor for the better part of a decade. I'm doing this podcast to help mid-career families retire early and pre-retirees retire now. The best way to help this podcast, if you like what you hear, please share with a friend or leave a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Helps the show tremendously. And again, thanks for everybody that continues to listen and hopefully you're finding some value in these episodes. So today we're going to talk about pay yourself first in 2024. This is the first episode of 2024. I thought it would be appropriate to get everybody correct on where their money is going. Really, there's there's two ways that, that people can budget um, or at least track their money. If you follow people like Dave Ramsey and, and such, they're going to make it clear that, hey, I need to track every dollar that I spend each month, each week, each year in a very tedious, arduous type process. And so for some people that do not know where their money is going, they don't know Uh, how did I come up with this $10,000 credit card bill or how am I $30,000 in debt, whatever the case may be. Doing a budget for a short period of time to get you kickstarted can be a great thing to identify, okay, here's some areas maybe I can cut or maybe I'm not spending as bad as I thought I was. And so tracking that and categorizing where you're spending can be very helpful. But it is generally only a short-lived thing. Thinking about tracking almost like a diet, if you're tracking your calories every day for 10 plus years, that can be very cumbersome and probably something that most people won't adhere to for that period of time. And so budgeting can kind of be the same way. And so that's why I like to practice pay yourself first. Um, That's why I recommend to clients uh, a lot of times, hey, let's pay yourself first. So Uh, The biggest difference between that and traditional budgeting is that once you figure out what you're spending per month, let's say you make $10,000 a month and you identify that you're spending about $7,000 a month, you know that there's a $3,000 difference. And so what I can do is I can say, okay, based off my goals and my priorities and things I want to do, I need to automate this $3,000 out of my life so that I don't overspend And then I can put those to my goals, whether that be emergency fund, paying down some debt, retirement, kids' education, whatever that case may be for you, right? The key is, one, identifying how much you're spending. And so sometimes this may be sitting down with your spouse and having a hard conversation about where that money is going. And so sometimes it may be silly things like Amazon or just going out to eat too much, whatever that case may be, you need to identify those categories and then you need to identify how much of that of your paycheck is going towards spending and how much you are actually saving. And if you're spending too much, well, then we got to figure out where where to cut that. And that's where that 
more traditional type budgeting may help is you can identify some categories and say, okay, well, we only want to spend this much this month in eating, this much in groceries, this much in uh, whatever the case may be. And so to get our budget down to somewhere where we can start saving some money. And at that point, you want to have that conversation with your significant other or yourself and say, okay, this is what we have to do and budget. And then once you identify some sort of surplus, we want to identify some goals. And those goals may be debt payment, it may be retirement savings, it may be just funding your emergency fund, paying for kids' college, some things that I've already mentioned here. And once those goals are established, you want to start automating that savings of that extra cash flow that you have on hand. I'm going to assume most of the people listening to this podcast are probably still in that accumulation phase. I'm going to give some tips now on how and where you should automate that savings to. And so the first place being to your emergency fund. So generally speaking, we want somewhere between three to six months worth of cash on hand in an emergency fund, either in like high saving, high yield savings accounts, or even potentially your checking, depending on how how fast you think you would need that money. And so uh, generally, I would advise you to either, um, if you're going for that high-yield savings, maybe open it up at at a different bank, or even look at maybe like a custodian like Fidelity or somewhere where you have your investments. Maybe you can open up a brokerage and get into a money market there, where it's just a little bit more difficult to get to, um, so that you can continue to stack that money in there um, until you get to your three to six months um, and you're not tempted to use that for um, things that just pop up that maybe aren't pressing towards your goals or actually emergencies. The next thing you want to think about is your long-term savings. And generally, employers make this pretty easy to automate through your 401k plans and such. Obviously, we want to make sure that if there's a match, we're getting that match Um, and then if you're not offered a 401k plan or maybe you're already maxing that stuff out, open up a IRA or a Roth IRA or potentially even a brokerage account and then automatic, uh, automatically transferring, uh, a fixed amount into those accounts. And one of the questions I get asked uh, quite a bit, whether it be from potential clients or friends or what have you is, is how much should I be saving? Am I saving enough? What is the proper amount to save for retirement? And so generally I fall back on a study I read. Um, I think Fidelity put it out. And so generally speaking, how much you want saved by age. And so if you're around 30 years old, you would want to have around one times your salary by the age of 30. And then by the age of 40, you would want to have three times your salary By 50, you would want six times your salary, and then by 60, eight times, and then 67, 10 times. And so, uh, obviously, this money would be invested over that time. So, a lot of that toward the end of that time period, those ages would be growth. But if you are kind of in that 30 to 40 range, and you have somewhere between one and three times your salary saved up in accounts where you could sell them and use them for uh, supplementing income and retirement, then you're probably close to on track. And so that is one of the first things that we do 
uh, in retirement planning, especially if you're in that accumulation phase, is we try to narrow down uh, as closely as we can um, how much exactly you should be saving based off when you want to retire, what your income looks like. Um, and then obviously, uh, the further you are from retirement, there's going to be more variables like kids, divorce, new jobs, different salaries, um, large purchases that you're just not foreseeing. Um, but each year we reassess that uh, and make sure that we're at least making it the least amount of wrong decision as possible. And what I mean by that is as things change, we're going to change our savings rate to meet those changes. So um, if we have a year where we spend too much because of emergencies or what have you, then we'll make up in those following years or vice versa. If our investments are doing really well, I'm making more than I thought. Um, and we only need a certain amount in retirement. Well, maybe we can save a little bit less uh, percentage wise of our salary than you initially thought. And so um, just wanted to put that out there because that's a really common question um, that I get is how much should I be saving for for retirement? Um, and so that's one of the first things that we do as far as retirement planning with our clients, especially younger clients, is try to narrow down um, a specific percentage or dollar amount just to give a goal of, hey, this is what we should be saving. And then as years go on, we make adjustments as needed. And so uh, the next thing would be automating debt payments. So if you are on a debt payment plan um, of some sort, maybe you're paying out credit cards, auto loans, uh, even your mortgage, whatever that case may be, automating that, obviously the, the minimum payment's going to come out of your check as well, or not your check, but your bank account. Um, but if there is a plan to pay that off sooner, maybe you have credit card debt and you want to get paid as fast as possible, go ahead and automate an extra X amount of dollars to that um, so that you don't have to go in there and manually do it so you don't miss a month. Um, or if things quote-unquote pop up, um, you want to pretend like that money is gone. And so um, while we're on debt payments, as you're, if you're at a place where you need to identify how much you're spending and where your money is going. Um, if you start to look at your debt to income ratio, so what is that? Um, so if you take all of your debt payments and divide it by how much income you have coming in, if that ratio, if that percentage is more than, let's say, 36% of your income, then we want to make sure that we're making a priority of paying down that debt because um, one of the biggest things that hinders people for from saving toward retirement or saving to some later goal that they need a large sum of money for is having a large portion of that income going to debt, right? And so if if more than, let's say, 35 to 40% of our income is going to debt, well, we don't really have much left over um, to be able to do those other things like potentially save for a house, retirement, helping out with kids or going on our yearly vacations, whatever that case may be. And so um, if your debt-to-income ratio is greater than 36%, we need to start making a plan to say, okay, well, in the next six months, in the next year, in the next two years, um, I want to be able to pay off some of these these maybe high interest rate credit cards or what have you and get some of my income freed up from these debt payments and put more toward my goals, right? Again, if you're if you're at a place where you're not really sure where your money's going and you start 
kind of figuring that out. And again, you're more than 30% of your income is going toward debt. Um, we want to try to make sh- that a priority so that our long-term financial success or probability of success is much higher um, because we're putting less income toward toward potentially credit card bills and things of that nature. And so, um, so make sure that we're automating those debt payments, automating uh, emergency fund savings. And then one thing that is often missed, and I've talked about this in a couple podcasts, but um, if you're at a point where you feel like you're saving comfortably for retirement, you've got an emergency fund, please, please, please consider opening a brokerage account because um, what you can do is as you're, you're building wealth, if you're maxing out your retirement plans and you're, you've already have a healthy uh, emergency fund, the last thing you need to do is continue to build up cash, um, earning essentially no interest on it. And so what you can do is you can open up that, what I like to call the middle bucket, but your or your large purchase account, um, you can open up a brokerage account and you can start to invest that money in a way that makes sense towards your goals. So goals based investing. So if you know that, hey, I bought a car three years ago, but I plan on buying a new one probably in the next seven to 10 years, well, you can start putting money away into that brokerage account and investing in a way that potentially puts you in position to earn a lot more interest on that money than would be in a checking account. So you can utilize mutual funds or ETFs or maybe a higher yield on some of the the money markets and things of that nature so that you can make your money work harder for you in that short term. But then it's not locked up in things like 401ks, 457s, 403bs, IRAs, things of that nature. Once we have identified how much we're spending, what our goals are, and starting to automate some of these savings toward those goals, the biggest thing um, that people fail to do on a periodic basis is just track how are we doing. Using that uh, example of we make 10, we're spending seven, we're, we're going to save three. Well, if you go ahead and you automate all of that savings and you're left with $7,000 a few days after you get paid, well, are you having to dip into your emergency fund or these other funds that you've automated your savings to pay your bills? That'll be a quick telltale sign. And so generally, I would want to start tracking this. If you're new to this, start tracking it once a month. And so if you notice, okay, well, now we have some dollars accumulating in this account. We're generally left over with, let's say, $500 more a month. And so we're not starting at seven. We may have started at eight, and it's been two months. Well, now we know we can save a little bit more toward these goals, so we can either progress to our goals quicker, or maybe we can add a little bit more to our lifestyle um, and spend closer to 7500 or 8000 a month um, because we know that the 2000 a month that we're saving or $3,000 that we're saving is enough to reach our goals in a, in a proper time horizon. And so I would start out tracking that once a month, once a quarter, something of that nature. Um, and then the other thing that you would want to track probably on a yearly basis or maybe biannually is tracking your net worth. Again, <clears throat> talking about that study of how much should I save for retirement and where should I be and how much should I have. Um, If we use those benchmarks of having one times your salary at age 30 or three times your salary by age 40, we can kind of use those benchmarks to say, hey, am I on track or am I not? Or if we want to retire earlier, 
or am I exceeding those benchmarks because I know I don't want to retire 65, I want to retire 55 or 50. Are we exceeding those? And then from there, are we putting the money in the proper spots, um, whether that be our 401k, our brokerage accounts, our IRAs, in order to meet those needs as well? And so, again, one of the biggest things that we do once we start implementing a financial plan at Palm Valley Wealth Management is we help track year by year by year how are we progressing toward our goals. Are we on track for retirement? Are we on track to pay for our kids' college? Are we on track to buy this house in a couple of years? Where are we at with our goals and, and how fast or how slow are we getting there? And where do we meet, need to make those adjustments among a, a slew of other things that we add advice and, and value to as well. Making sure that you track those and then making adjustments as needed because you can set this in place and you can automate and it's certainly, um, as long as you're not spending too much, would get you move further along your goal. But if you knew that you could get there faster, would you try to save more? Or if you knew that you could add a little bit more to your lifestyle but still attain those goals in a time frame that you're happy with, would you add I would imagine that you would add more to your lifestyle as well. And so finding that balance requires, one, identifying where you're spending your money, two, automating toward those goals, saving, automating those savings toward that goal, and then three, tracking that and making sure that we're staying on target, and then optimizing that as well through uh, tax saving strategies, proper investments, things of that nature. And, and that's where we can really come in is optimizing those investments helping you stay on track through accountability. And so um, I think that's where we're going to stop the episode today. Uh, I just wanted to get 2024 kicked off with some budgeting talk. I know it's not always the most fun thing, but hopefully this gives you some clarity and some comfort knowing there's potentially an easier way um, to do it. Uh, I I don't know if I would call it easier, but maybe a more simple way to do it. Um, But you still have to put in the work and make sure that it's done correctly so that you can reach your financial goals. And so uh, if you're looking for some help and and want some help to identify, hey, how do I reach my goals? Um, My firm, again, is Palm Valley Wealth Management. Uh, You can reach me either at my website, palmvalleywm.com, or hunter at palmvalleywm.com. Shoot me an email. I'd be happy to set up a call with you and help you identify those goals and how to get those there in 2024. I'm excited for the next few months of this podcast. I'm going to have on a few guests um, and continue to try to add some more value to your financial world. So I look forward to 2024. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. It certainly helps spread the word. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. As a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This is not financial advice. This communication should not be relied upon as a sole factor in investment making or financial planning decision. If you would like help, please seek a financial, tax, legal, or insurance professional. Please keep Palm Valley Wealth Management in mind when making those considerations.